Welcome to Slice of Life. Because a bite was not enough, you've listened to Brenda's Bites for years, and now Brenda is expanding her show to include lifestyle happenings from around the region. Now here's your host, Brenda Alacy. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to yet another edition live of Slice of Life on your Saturday morning. We're here every Saturday live, which means we can take your phone calls as well and uh, appreciate your time and your listening. And we're here to talk about various happenings around Western New York, everything from health care to real estate to uh, uh, different events that are still able to be held uh, as we navigate through the pandemic and uh, just, you know, the, the world at large in Western New York. So if you have any uh, ideas that you'd like to share with me, feel free to uh, give me a call at uh, 861-7288, 861-7288. Or you are more than welcome to send me a tweet. My Twitter handle is at Brenda Celeste, at Brenda Celeste. And I am really excited about today's show because we have some valuable information for people who are going through a health crisis uh, in fact, that'll be the focus of our first segment with Liam O. Mahoney. He is with Niagara Hospice. And then later in the segment, we'll stay in the North Towns and talk with Maureen Went. She is the head honcho over at the Dale Association. And if you've ever seen or heard the name the Dale Association and wondered what it was, we will uh, fill you in on that in the second segment of Slice of Life. Our phone lines are open at 803-1520, and it is a pleasure to welcome Liam O'Mahoney to the show. He is with Niagara Hospice, the Director of Communications. Liam, good morning. Good morning, Brenda. Thanks for having me. Good to have you on board this Saturday morning. And, uh, you know, people, I think, hear the word hospice and just kind of shudder, Liam. Um, you worry about uh, loved ones who may have to enter a facility and if their fight is not going well in a particular disease they're battling, uh, what they need to do, how to do it, how to get through that process. Thank goodness for places like Niagara Hospice. When would it uh, be the right time to call Niagara Hospice, uh, for example, for a patient referral, Liam? Anytime an individual and families faced with a late-stage illness there comes a point where if they see the, the quality of life declining and there's a series of symptoms that can be um, observed that can maybe trigger a time to call for a referral. If they need help with uh, daily living activities, eating, dressing, getting out of bed, uh, if there's falls or wounds that don't heal, or if there's a shortness of breath, uh, even um, frequent hospitalizations. So these are a series of symptoms that the, the clinical team will look for so if a loved one or a family member or individual is going through some of these symptoms, they can call our um, admissions nurses, and then it's a free consultation, and our nurses will respond uh, as soon as they can, usually that same day, and then uh, they can start to assess the situation and eligibility. And what number would a person call in that case? They can call 439-4417 or 716-HOSPICE. Easy enough to remember, 716 Hospice, and that number is 439-4417. Right. So if, they, if the nurses determine that um, further care is needed, uh, what's the criteria for admission to Niagara Hospice? Is it that first screening process? Right. So for our program, any Niagara, any Niagara County resident over age 18 who has a late-stage terminal illness is eligible for the program. And it comes to a point where the, the illness prognosis, if it's six months or less, uh, given the, the expected course of the illness, 
then they'd be eligible, and it, it's, they just need to be certified by our medical director and, uh, and their doctor. And uh, New York State also allows for Medicaid-only uh, patients to actually get up to 12 months, so they have a longer uh, period to get in early. So it's always uh, our goal to admit patients sooner so that they can experience the, the care and the support uh, for up to six months and sometimes longer as long as their condition declines, they get recertified. And uh, the care, the criteria is any late-stage illness. So it's, um, it's cancer, it's respiratory illnesses, heart disease. Uh, we're seeing a lot of dementia that's been increasing. So any late-stage illness with a six-month prognosis, and um, they'll be eligible for the, the program. What if uh, a person had dementia, Liam, but was still fairly physically fit? Does that still meet the criteria? Right, it comes to a series of comorbid, excuse me, comorbidities or multiple conditions, so that they can evaluate that. And yes, certainly, dementia can have a longer term of of living. So, if the, if the other conditions match up with some of those earlier symptoms that I mentioned, then they can still be eligible with those decline in those situations. We're talking with Liam O'Mahony. He is with. Uh the Home Care Partners, it's a, a group of different agencies, and we're talking about Niagara Hospice in this case. Liam is the Director of Communications at the agency. And Liam, when it comes to specific care and support services, uh, is it uh, a matter of moving a person into one of your facilities uh, and then they're cared for 24-7? How does that all work? Right, we do have uh, different areas of care. Um, the first thing I would say is uh, the services, it comes down to the, our our interdisciplinary team will address the physical needs, spiritual and emotional needs. So we have our, our nurses, our aides, and our social workers. They'll meet to customize the care plan for each patient, and we treat the patient and family as a whole unit. So there's family education and, um, and guidance for the illness process. And the, um, so there could be um, therapies, supplemental therapies. There could be spiritual support and pain and symptom management. They want to make comfort and quality of life the ultimate uh, goal so all these support services come together to address each family and then also helping with advanced care planning and uh, paperwork and then so the location of our patients uh, nearly two-thirds are actually in the family homes in the community or caregiver homes and then we do have um, Niagara Hospice House where we have a residential unit for long-term care and a general inpatient unit and those, uh, we have 10 beds of each. The general inpatient is for short-term sim- symptom stabilization and respite care. So those are the short-term side. And then we have um, collaborative partnerships with um, Niagara County facilities at skilled nursing facilities. So, uh, you know, up to about 20% of our patients are in those facilities. One is the Genie's House at Northgate in North Tonawanda. The other is David's Path at Shellcroft Health Center in Niagara Falls. And those are dedicated hospital units. And then we have our contracts with other um, skilled nursing facilities where we can provide the supplemental care in those facilities. So those are the uh, locations where um, the the patients are cared for. Wow, it's really wide-ranging and uh, a lot of different options. And I imagine, Liam, it has to be such a challenge uh, as we're navigating through this pandemic. How do you cope with that? Are there telehealth care options available to some patients as well? We did, yeah. Uh, we received a grant earlier this year, right around uh, when the pandemic started. Uh, the Mother Cabrini Health Foundation in New York City provided grants for many nonprofits across New York State. So we did. We were able to start a telehealth program, and that's for our home care um, uh, patients. 
and we are able to address the patients with the greatest need. Maybe they're on their own. Maybe they have um, a higher level of needs. So with the uh, telehealth um, software and the video uh, communication, our clinical staff can monitor their uh, their data vitals and uh, check in on them and talk with the family. So we just launched that a couple months ago, and we are able to provide the, the remote monitoring, which can lead to uh, more touch points and faster response when situations um, uh, need uh, attention immediately. If you have any questions for Liam O'Mahoney, it's 803-1520 right here on ESPN 1520. We welcome your comments, your questions. Uh, very difficult time, I think, Liam, when people have to deal with somebody who is quite ill and on top of that, deal with uh, COVID-19. Uh, how has it been for your staff to go into various facilities and, uh, you know, whether it's going uh, to somebody's home or perhaps uh, helping somebody in one of your skilled nursing facilities, how has your staff responded to all of the measures that have to be taken nowadays? Yeah, our clinical team responded very well. They always have the um, personal protective equipment whenever they go into any home or facility and then they immediately discard everything. So they've been able to um, you know, deal with the distancing and each family's needs and everybody wearing the PPE. And, um, you know, early on, you know, I had to, had to sort out everything when they, when they needed to make, when the initial recommendations were made from the Department of Health. So our team adapted quickly, and they've been able to really de continue delivering the care um, at, at the highest level. It's excellent. Uh, it, it's so needed and, and such a, a tough time when somebody's going through a, a process like that where a loved one is ill. And that really leads me to my next question, Liam. When we talk about hospice care, we often hear the term palliative care. Uh, those are two different things, right? Right. They do have the same goal, and that's comfort, quality of life, treating the patient and family as one unit. The palliative care is comes earlier in the illness process where treatment can still be um, used to address the illness uh, earlier in the disease and throughout. So the, uh, the palliative care is at that earlier stage. And then the hospice care, it comes um, when the curative treatment is no longer pursued and they're just the patient and family is ready to uh, achieve the best quality of life possible and maximize the time together, and that's when they seek the hospice support for the, the last stage um, uh, of the, the illness progression. You know, you had mentioned a, a little earlier in our conversation about uh, even spiritual needs being met. It isn't just physical needs. Uh, I think that's such an important component uh, because we all grapple with the idea of death, and some of us deal with it better than others, I suppose, but it's the great unknown. Um, what kind of spiritual help do you offer, and do people take you up on that uh, on that option? Are they willing to talk with perhaps a, a religious leader or somebody else that they find some spiritual comfort with? Yes, our spiritual department and their counselor and the counselors they they do meet with many patients. It's non-denominational council. They they meet the patient where they are, and they they have those conversations uh, and based on their their beliefs and their spirituality. And, yeah, many patients do take uh, take up the offer of having that spiritual um, time with one of the counselors, and, and some don't, and that's their prerogative, but our, our team is always available for every patient's needs, and uh, a, a large percentage do take advantage of that services. And um, also for, on our, our bereavement department, uh, they help the family up to 13 months uh, after the patient dies. So 
there's constant communication and support offerings. And now as uh, we've had to go virtual, we do uh, some conference calls or Zoom calls with the counselors, and we've had some virtual meetings, and we started a closed Facebook group for uh, the bereaved families. And so that's really helped uh, the dialogue. And uh, Reverend Nancy Ferry, our Director of Spiritual Bereavement, she's really uh, been innovating with uh, using the e-newsletter and the Facebook group uh, to engage the families, and they can they can continue to get that support. And we also did a virtual uh, remembrance ceremony in June, since we couldn't do it on our site. So that video garnered uh, several hundred families watching that. Well, that's terrific, Liam. It's it's nice to be able to adjust. Uh, well, we don't have a choice in this uh, uh, situation that we're all in. Uh, but how great that you're able to still help people get through a very difficult time and and find ways around the the challenges. You know, I think it takes a special person to work at a place like Niagara Hospice and any organization that has your objectives in mind. Are there any career opportunities available within your organization right now? Yes, we do have a, a need for a variety of positions. The, the patients, the, the number of patients has been increasing this year, and we have openings for a nurse practitioner, uh, a medical social worker, an admissions uh, nurse, and uh, home health aides, another essential part of the team where they go into the home and also at some of the facilities to provide the uh, personal care, uh, support, and light housekeeping. And that, the home health aides, there is a New York State certification. So all these positions are essential to the care plan for the patient and families, and they can, people can apply at niagarahospice.org uh, slash careers. Oh, easy enough, niagarahospice.org. And before we wrap up, Liam, uh, you know, it takes uh, a lot of uh, funding and resources to run an organization that is so you know, multi-pronged as yours. Uh, how are you funded, and do you have any fall event fundraisers coming up? Yes, thank you for asking. We do have a couple. We had to do a virtual events this year. We have a reverse raffle. Uh, it's online through Facebook Live, and uh, it's going to be a, there's grand prize of $10,000 and then other prizes as well, and uh, tickets are $50. It's on Friday, November 6th. We're also, our team is selling fall paint kits with different themes that people can pick up and order, and all that's available at niagarahospice.org slash special events. And we hope to uh, get back to our outdoor recreational events next year with our, um, our run and our bike ride. So our special events team has different events throughout the year. And these, uh, the funds um, help supplement uh, the patient and family needs for things that are beyond what uh, Medicare and the insurances cover. So they're, they're uh, end-of-life experiences that, and things like that that these funds can help uh, provide. Well, I salute you for the work that you do with the organization, and uh, thank goodness for places like Niagara Hospice. To call the, the uh, organization, call 439-4417, 439-4417. Liam O'Mahoney, thank you so much for joining us this morning. I appreciate your time. Thank you, Brenda. Have a great weekend. Take care. Thanks. You too. Enjoy the beautiful weather. Well, much more to come right here on Slice of Life. Your phone calls are welcome at 803-1520. We will talk with Maureen Went next from the Dale Association. Thanks for tuning in to Slice of Life. Now back to your hostess with the mostess, Brenda Alacy. Well, it's a pleasure for me to be with you this Saturday morning. I'm broadcasting from home. So we have all adjusted here. I'm at the BBC, as I call it, the Brenda Broadcast Center, which is really my kitchen table. So I welcome you to uh, the second half of Slice of Life. And with us is Maureen Went. And Maureen is uh, the, the head honcho. Maureen, is that your official title, head honcho at the Dale Association? 
Well, you can call me the big cheese, the head honcho, the president and CEO, whatever, whatever you prefer. I, I guess you're the boss, right? Yeah. Uh, but yeah. it, it's great to have the executive and CEO of the Dale Association join us this morning. And uh, just by the name, people may wonder, what the heck is the Dale Association, Maureen? So when uh, when you're out and about and people ask you what you do for a living and you tell them that you are the president and CEO, do they know what the Dale Association is or do you often find yourself having to explain what it is? Well, it's sort of a mixed um, bag. Um, if you live in Lockport, you probably know what the Dale Association is. You might not know about all of us, so I'm always prepared to, you know, to talk about the whole organization. Other parts of Western New York are less familiar with what the Dale Association is, so I think that's probably a good place for us to start. Sure. And really, so we are a not-for-profit organization. We're located in um, Lockport. We serve all of Niagara County and the surrounding counties as well. And really the focus of what the Dale Association's all about is all of our services um, are provided with a goal of enhancing an individual's health and wellness, and we help them um, build connections and supports to help them stay in the community. So we all know our community is only as strong as the people who are in it. So that's really the focus of all of our services. And, again, if you're in Lockport, you probably know us, and you probably know us for our senior center, um, which we've been uh, – that's really where I, we started, as a senior center. And we, we've we been around for 69 years, and probably lesser known is our mental health um, part of our organization. And, interestingly, we have been providing mental health services for 45 years in the community as well, but – um, not not quite widely as known as um, our senior services. So, you know, that's we again we we're here because the community needs us to be here. Whether you're, um, you know, in the later stages of your life, or um, our mental health services provide um, important supports for adults of all ages. So, well, I we like I would imagine. Oh, I'm sorry, Maureen, go ahead. No, no, you go ahead. I was going to say, I would imagine in today's day and age, uh, with people coping with the uh, coronavirus and the way our lives have changed due to COVID, do you see an increased need? I would I would think that you would. We absolutely do. Um, even before COVID, people didn't always seek out help for um, a, a mental illness or depression or anxiety, and... Um, you know, if I guess if there's one good thing that might come out of this, you know, terrible situation with the pandemic is there's more awareness of um, the stress on people, you know, the depression and the anxiety that it's causing. And, you know, m you know, my hope is people um, don't hold back, don't hold it in, don't, you know, struggle silently and know that there is um, support out there. And the Dale Association, you know, it is. We've got locations in Lockport and in um, North Tonawanda. Um, and in addition to actually coming to our site and, you know, getting your your um, support in person, we are offering um, telehealth. And what telehealth means is that the individual and their clinician 
um, talk on the phone or through audio um, to receive their services. So um, there is definitely an increase in need um, due to the pandemic. And quite honestly, there was pretty substantial need even before the pandemic. So um, I'm hoping if people are listening and, you know, they've wondered, you know, can't do this anymore, what should I do, that they do um, think about reaching out for some assistance. And how would they reach your organization? So the best number to call would be 693-9961. That is our clinic in North Tonawanda. And um, they will, you know, talk to all the professional staff there who will, you know, have a brief conversation with them on the phone and then decide the best course of action. Um, so 693-9961. Gotcha. And Maureen, you know, there are so many people who seem to be dealing with memory loss, too, since people seem to be uh, living longer it almost feels inevitable that there's going to be some memory loss. And you even have a program for that, correct, the Memory Minders program? We actually do, um, Brenda, yes. So um, at our senior center in Lockport, we have a, a very wide range of, you know, fun activities, supportive services for individuals, and one of them is our Memory Minder program. Um, it is designed for folks in the early stages, early to mid stages of memory loss. It's a social day program. And again, if you are somebody that has been wondering, you know, I can't remember things the way I used to, or you're caring for somebody, um, upcoming is um, we've been participating in um, National Memory Screening Day for years, and it's actually sponsored by a national um, foundation, the Alzheimer's Foundation of America, and it's a free, brief screening, um, gives individuals um, an assessment of where they're at with their memory, and, you know, it, it's a good starting point. It, there's, um, there's resources and educational material um, they can talk to our um, staff here about participating in Memory Minders if that's what they decide would be beneficial. Um, and if they score really well on the test, well, then they know, you know, maybe it's normal or, again, they can take away, you know, resources and um, educational material and maybe come back next year or in a couple of years. It's a good it's a good benchmark um, to, to find out really where they are. Um, so it's, it's a, a great tool. point. That, yeah. that is a great point, Maureen, because there's so many things that, you know, worry people, I think, and that has to be one of the biggest. But to be able to at least have a little peace of mind, or if, in fact, somebody needs help, then, you know, resources become available. Um, right. our, Absolutely. Our, I think that's great. You do so many different things at the Dale Association, and we were talking about you know, dealing with COVID, and some of that is isolation-based, how difficult mm -hmm. it is to have to be hunkered down all the time or not interact in the way that we normally would. But you still do offer weekly bingo at your Lockport Center, right, every Friday? We do. We do. Um, bingo takes place every Friday. Um, doors open at 530. Um, because of COVID, we are doing it a little different than, or I should say a lot different than we used to. Um, you know, we have a large assembly room that, you know, has great capacity, but because of the COVID standards, we um, are at a reduced capacity. You know, we're cutting it off at 50 folks. 
and it's fun. You know, it supports the senior center, um, and we're practicing all of the safety protocols in order to be admitted. You know, we're taking your temperature and making sure you're healthy. You are required to wear a mask. We have people set up. They um, cannot be closer than six foot from the next individual, so we've got the, you know, seating quite spaced out. Um, and so we we reopened a few weeks ago, and um, we see lots of our regulars coming back, and they're happy that we've reopened. And, um, of course, there's always, you know, room for for more, so... That's great. And uh, I understand that you have a virtual meat raffle, which has become quite a phenomenon these days. These meat you raffles know, are everywhere. <laughs> That's on uh, November 21st, right? It is. It is. Um, so, again, you know, we've got this large assembly room, and, you know, we would bring people together and have a, a you know, a, a fun evening. And, yes, people win meat. And like when you say a meat <laughs> raffle. We are wrestling off meat, and you go home with, with you know, everything from, you know, steaks to turkeys to ham to sausage and on and on and on. So, it's terrific. Again, we can't, yeah, we can't have large groups. Um, we've gone virtual, so um, we would love um, for people to participate if, if, you know, they would, maybe they could win their, their holiday meal. There you go. So much happening at the Dale Association. 693-9961 is the number to call. Maureen Wendt, the president and CEO, thank you so much for joining us this morning. Thank you, Brenda, and be well. Thank you. You too. That'll put a wrap on this edition. Our thanks to Jim Stellianu, who is producing back at the station. We'll see you next week on Slice of Life. Thanks for listening. Brenda will be back next Slice of Life on ESPN 1520.